Lekuta Sicha is Chelek Chafalef, the Sicha on Purim Tetzave. Yet Shabbos Hata Shaiches, every Shabbos has a connection, Nish Nor, to the Friedrich attack from Avach, not only to the previous days, the days of the previous week, Kishmoi, as it's called Yom Shvi, the seventh day, in other words, that it culminates, concludes the previous week. Nor Oich, but the Shabbos also has a connection to the to the days of the incoming week. The state in Zayr, as the, the Zayr says, Kol Shita Yoimim is Baruchem Yoim All the six days, the following days, the next six days, are blessed from the seventh day, from Shabbos. As from Shabbos, Vering Yibenched, Alu Kumadik take that from the Shabbos from the present Shabbos all the following, the next six days the next six weekdays get their blessing from Shabbos in Amhaindigan Shabbos is the Shaykhis Zayna Midekomedigi Yemei HaShavua Merboyle Dordumchia Bekriyas HaToyre in this Shabbos that we're dealing with now which is the Shabbos before Purim um, the connection between this Shabbos and the following days of the week is even more pronounced because the uh, we read because of what we read in the Torah. Malayin Shabbos Parshas Zohar. On this Shabbos we read Parshas Zohar. Baldos is the Shabbos versus Far Purim because the Shabbos that before that's before Purim. Aschiras Ma'isa Amolik is Fabunim Midimeya Purim and the remembering of what Amolik did to us is specific to this week because this week is going to be Purim Biz as decree from Purim Atzmai in fact the reading of Purim itself is the parish of Amaisa Amalek is also the story of what happened with Amalek Vayavi Amalek the part, the parish that's read that comes from Parsha B'Shalach Parsha Zohar is from Parsha Gitetse on Purim itself we read from Parsha B'Shalach also the story of Purim of sorry of Amalek and the reading of Parsha Zohar before Purim, Zokti Gemara the Gemara explains, this is the remem- commemorating, remembering what happened before we actually commence to act on it. Purim is the day that we act on the wiping out of Amalek. Haman was wiped out. We do the uh, celebrate the days of Purim by with certain acts, activities, mitzvahs that we do on that day. So the remembering of it should come before the actual acting on it. As the Megillah says, Niskarim Asim, the Megillah says that these days should be remembered and done. So the remembering is Pasha Zacher, the Amalek story. The doing is the celebration of Purim itself. This, the connection between this Shabbos and the upcoming days of the week, specifically, more specifically to the days of Purim itself, is that year it's even more pronounced than it is on a regular year, on generally in, a, in an ordinary year. Because this year is the Shabbos Biyom Yud Aleph Lachedish Adar. Shabbos came out on the 11th of the month of Adar. Was from the from Dem Tog from Chedish Hepzich Shein on the Zman Bos Israel Far Kriyas Megillah. From the 11th day of Adar, it's already a day in which 
the Megillah could possibly be read. The Mishnah as the Mishnah says, Megillah Nikras. The Mishnah begins, the Megillah can be read be Yud Aleph, be Yud Beis, on the 11th, on the 12th, on the 13th, be Yud Aleph, be Tezvav, on the 14th, and on the 15th. Any of those days have the possibility of reading the Megillah. And how is that? The small villages where there wasn't necessarily a shul in which people gathered, so they could listen to the Megillah when they went into town where there was a shul. Um, so the, the, the day of the market which was uh, Monday and Thursday, so they had to listen to it on Monday and Thursday. In the earliest possible day that it's permitted to read the Megillah is on the 11th of Adar. And the fact that the 11th of Adar is a day in which the Megillah could already be read is a snishbloiz bisman shashanim kitikunam it's not only when things are going normally and the Jewish people live in Eretz Yisrael and everything is in an organized way it's not only then to say that only then can, can you read the Megillah earlier on the 11th of course the normal day of Megillah reading is on the 14th and the 15th but for those places where they don't have a shul and they have to do it when they go into town so the earliest they can do it is on the 11th but this could be done not only when, it, when the Yidna are in Eretz Yisrael and everything is organized and the, the Sanhedrin is in charge and so on nor Eich Bezman this can be done even in our day and age also for today's day and age the Shulchan Aruch also says as a Mefarish Bayom that if somebody is going on a trip, he's going across the sea, which takes a long time. He goes across the desert in a caravan. And he can't find a Megillah to take along with him, that he should be able to read it on the 14th or 15th, on Purim or Shusham Purim. He should read it earlier before he leaves on his trip, either on the 13th of other or on the 12th of other, or on the 11th of other, but he should read it without a bracha, because that's not the optimum time to read it. The actual mitzvah is on the 14th or the 15th, but he should read it. So even today, when there isn't this do it earlier when they uh, the w- there is no such organized uh, seder arrangement that you should read it earlier under normal, normal circumstances but the Shulchan Aruch say that even today if you're going on a trip and you can't bring a Megillah you can read it earlier starting only from the 11th of course when Afal Piaz Bidiyevid is Kolochedish Koshalakrius Megillah, and even though the halacha is that Bidiyevid, if there is no other option, so then the entire month one could read the Megillah. Bidiramma Paskint, as the Ramah says, Vahachinog, that this is actually the Minhag, that that can actually be, actually be acted on, that if a person has no other option, so then you could read it anytime at, from the beginning of other on. So then, what's the difference between 11th and 12th and 13th and the rest of the month? How is that different? You could read it any time in the month. But there is a very substantial difference between the reading of the Megillah on the 11th, 12th, or 13th, 
when the Kriyas HaMegillah Metchilus HaChedesh or and the reading of the Megillah which could start theoretically from the beginning of the month Chachas Oich Das was this man of Nizal Fibesu Gimel Zainan Moshe Lekriyas HaMegillah Zainan Inu Fashas HaTchak in B'diyevad Um B'diyevad Bezman HaZeh even though even in our day and age reading it on the 11th, 12th and 13th is also only a Shasat Chak when somebody has no other option as he said, as the Ramah says if he's going on a trip across the ocean or across the desert and he can't find a Megillah so that's also not the norm that's also only B'Shasat Chak and the reading it of, from, of the Megillah from the beginning of the month is also B'Diyevet B'Shasat Chak so what is substantially the difference between the 11th, 12th, and 13th, and the be- from the beginning of the month. And it's um, even a bigger issue. Even when we say that the people that live in the li- villages could read the Megillah earlier when they go into town for the market, is it not a heter? This is only a something that the Chachamim did for the people of the villages because they had no other way of hearing the Megillah so they allowed them, they gave them an allowance to be able to read it from the 11th, 12th and 13th as well they gave them a leniency for the people of the villages that they should be able to read it as it's written uh, in the, over there in the Gemara Aba Megillah bismana is not the Kriya B'yudala de Tezvav the, essentially, the real time for reading the Megillah is, of course, only on the 14th Ampurim or Shushampurim in those cities which are surrounded by a wall. So, even the 11th, 12th, and 13th is also only a Kula. It's not really the proper time for reading the Megillah. So, in other words, he's asking what's the difference, essentially, between the beginning of the month and the 11th, 12th, and 13th. All of them are all those days up to the 14th are really only a akula. It's something that is done when someone has, has, someone has no other option. So, is there really a difference between 11, 12, and 13 and the earlier days of the month? So, there is. Still, the reading on the 11, 12, and 13th is more connected to the days of Purim. Rather more so than the reading during the earlier days of the month. Kidlakaman, as will be explained. Base Vetminus Vashtein. So to understand the difference, Bahagdim Abir in the Mishnah by first explaining what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah begins. The Megillah can be read on the 11th, on the 12th, on the 13th, on the 14th, and on the 15th of other. So the question is, Since reading it on the 11th, 12th, and 13th is really not the optimum time to read it. It's only something that the Chachamim made an allowance for those who have no other option. It's only for certain times and in certain situations for certain people. Why then does the Mishnah begin? When do you read the Megillah? On the 11th, 12th. The 11th is not the time to read the Megillah. The 14th and the 15th is the time to read the Megillah. 
someone who has no other option can go back to the 11th but why start the halacha of reading the Megillah as if the 11th is the time start, begins the time for reading it why doesn't he start with the real time the most, most essential time for reading the Megillah which is the 14th and the 15th that should have been the beginning of the Mishnah that's the right time to do it and then there are conditions in which one could even go back to the 11th, 12th and 13th and even though one could say well he's going in order of the day chronologically starting from the 11th that's when it begins and therefore he starts from the 11th the Mishnah is but the Mishnah here is trying to give us an understanding of when one should do this mitzvah that's what the purpose of the Mishnah is so therefore it still remains a question why doesn't the Mishnah begin with when the primary time for reading the Megillah is 14th and 15th and then it should go on to the leniency that the Chachamim allowed for certain people in certain situations in certain times that it can begin from the 11th and befrat as sahad gekanzayin seider hayomim in fact he could have still kept a certain chronological order but starting from working your way backwards could have started from the latest time Tezvav and work your way back to 11 so therefore you would have Tezvav and Yudalit as the first times to read it he could have said which would have meant there is Tezvav is the time when we read it and Yudalit and then it can go earlier also to Yud Gimel, Yud Beis and Yudalit so you would still keep a certain order of the month and also the Seder in fact when you look at the rest of the Mishnah as the Mishnah continues that is the order that he starts giving by Mepharizayim when the Mishnah now goes in to explain what each day, which uh, who reads on which day? So he starts. The cities which are surrounded by a wall, they read on the fifteenth. Big cities which don't have a wall, they read it on the fourteenth of uh, of other. And the Noach is the Mishnah of Farish, and then the Mishnah goes on to explain then Magdimelimaknisa when under which conditions one can go back to the 13th or the 12th or even the 11th in order to be able to do it when the market goes on so the Mishnah does go to this order where he begins with the 15th and works his way back so why didn't he do the same at the beginning of the Mishnah another thing we have to understand as the, as the Mepharshim the commentaries in fact ask why does it say over here the Megillah is read and not as it would be written normally in most other places the Megillah should be read one should read the Megillah during the, these times Megillah means it's like a passive thing it gets read not you should read so to speak so those are the questions on the Mishnah to try to understand what the Mishnah is saying. Gimel. So one can say that the explanation is this. 
by listing the order starting from the 11th Gufa, that in itself come to Mishnah Madgazan, the Mishnah wants to emphasize something although the reason why the Chachamim permitted that it should be able to be read on the 11th, 12th and 13th is the Chachamim gave this leniency for the people of the villages that they could read it earlier when they come into the market in order that they will be able to provide food and drink and so on for the people of the big cities the people in the villages were the ones that produced food they were the farmers and so on even more so as the Gemara concludes it gives it a little bit of a nuance this point rather the reason is that they were rewarded because they were the ones that were providing food for the people of the city so the Chachamim gave them this leniency in thanks so to speak for that it's a, it's a reward that they were given because of their what they did for the people of the city so in other words even though it's only because of that the mission is trying to say that even though the reason that they're given this leniency is only because they're being thanked or rewarded or whatever for what they do for the, for the rest of the people even so is this early reading which you could consider you might want to consider to be something of a leniency and not really the appropriate time and so on this early reading for those people of the villages is gather fun in, is in gather from Zman Kriya is also not something that is outside the normal period in, when the, in which the Megillah needs to be read so the Mishnah says no, it starts from the 11th, the Mishnah wants to emphasize, it's not just some throwaway time that we gave them because they couldn't do it in the right time, the Mishnah makes it clear, the beginning the reading of the Megillah can, be, can begin from the 11th don't think that this is just something that it's not really the right time but what are you going to do, you have to give them something no, it's the right time to read it. That is when you can start reading. The Signanacha, to say it in other words, the Kriyas Megillah the reading of the Megillah on the 11th and so on, Chach Sibasa is at the Gavra, even though the reason they made it avail- made that, they permitted that, was in order to take care of the needs of the person. The person needs a time to read the Megillah. I need a time when I can go to hear the Megillah. I can't do it on the 14th or the 15th. But this is not to be seen only as it's the wrong time, but we're doing it for you. No. The day in which we are allowing you to read it also becomes the correct day. That is the time for reading the Megillah. It takes on the importance of the day in which the Megillah should be read. As does Ved, the Shaykhus Siddhibinayakforim, that for the people of the villages it becomes as Mamfakriyas and Megillah. That becomes a time when the Megillah should be read. The Kriyas and Megillah Demult is Nish Nor. The reading of the Megillah in those days not only as the Binayakforim is an Makaima Mitzvah Kriyas and Megillah was It's not just that we give them the opportunity to be able to fulfill, dispense with their 
responsibility to listen to the Megillah. So the reading of the Megillah on that day is not really that this is the right time. It's just that they need a time to read the Megillah, so let them read it on this day. Nor oich Megillah but rather the Mishnah says, the Megillah is read. It is a day, the, from the 11th, it is a time when the Megillah could be read. Not just these people will be allowed to do it, it's not the right time, but we're going to give them this. The Megillah could be read on that day. The Megillah, this is a time when Megillah is read. So it gives the day itself, it connects it, it links it to the reading of the Megillah. This is the proper time, this is a proper way of reading the Megillah. He's going to make the distinction that reading from the beginning of the month until the 11th, even though when someone has no other option they are permitted to do it but that is not a day in which the Megillah could be read that's the distinction but in this, for now we're looking at the 11th and 12th and 13th the Mishnah states at least um, hints to us that this is not just to be seen as there's no other option let him do it then no, this is a time when the Megillah could be read and as the, it can be understood from the Gemara as well as the Anshi that the people of the during the time of Mordechai the ones who established the mitzvah of reading the Megillah they themselves already established the 11th, 12th and 13th as days in which the Megillah could be read for those people that need to do it earlier and this is what is meant by the Mishnah in a passive form, the Megillah is read and not in the way that it would normally state it you must read the Megillah during these days and that it can begin from the 11th, 12th and 13th why is it written in a passive way? It's means to say that reading of the, of the Megillah in these days is not just it addresses the reading of the Megillah as it pertains to the person. The person needs to get hear the Megillah. He needs to fulfill the mitzvah of hearing the Megillah. So therefore, these days are a day in which you could fulfill your obligation to read the Megillah. That's what it would have meant if it said, the Megillah could be read. In other words, it addresses the person reading the Megillah. You are permitted to fulfill your obligation starting from the 11th, 12th, and 13th. But that's not what the Mishnah wants to say, nor rather what the Mishnah wants to say is Megillah Nikras, the Megillah is read, without referencing the person reading the Megillah. In other words, we're not addressing the person that's actually reading. It's not about the person, sees by, the Megillah, uh, by their Megillah's mankriosa, but rather the Megillah is now able to be read. This is a din. These days are linked to the Megillah. The Megillah could be read during those days. Not I, as a person, can now can start doing it earlier, even though it's not the right time. No, the Megillah could be read during that time. Nochmer, even more. From them, the Gemara zokt, as the Anshek Nezadeilah Meram is given this manim in the Megillah. 
from the, the Gemara says that the people, the Anshik Nesagdoila, they alluded to these times in the Megillah itself. It says in the Megillah, to fulfill the days of Purim, to fulfill the mitzvahs of the, or the activities of the day of Purim in their times. Ismanayim, during their times. What is the meaning of their times? It's only one time. It's the day of Purim that you have to do it. So the Gemara says, Manim They wanted to point out that there are many times in which the Megillah could be read. It starts from the 11th and 12th and 13th. Of course, 14th and 15th are the primary times, but there are many times which were established for it. Kumtois. So it comes out from this as Nish, nor is I detect from Yadal, if you basic Gimel's manner from Kriyas and Megillah. Not only are the days 11, 12, and 13 the proper uh, appropriate times for reading of the Megillah, nor, but rather the Kriyab is Manim Elu. The reading of the Megillah on these, during these times is Be'ike Glachtsu Diteg Yudal Tezvav are equally, for the most part, equally important, just like 14th and 15th. They carry a certain similarity to the 14th and 15th, which are, of course, Purim and Shushan Purim. Bismaneim, they were all included as one lump of time. They are all included, as I said, in the words Maneim, during their times. And they're not to be seen as one could say about days that you can make up something that you missed otherwise for instance uh, when somebody uh, the mitzvah of bringing a carbon um, is the day the first day of Yom Tov the Eilas Riyah the obligatory carbon that a person has to bring uh, on Yom Tov when he comes to the base of Migdash is on the first day of Yom Tov still because not everybody could do it on the first day of Yom Tov so the Torah also allows days in which you are, can make up if you couldn't do it on the first day you could make it up any of the following six days there are seven days in the end that you could do it but those days are not the primary day the primary day is the first day you could make it up but over here he wants to say that it's something different that Bismanehem they lumped it in together there are a whole bunch of days five in fact in which you could bring you could do the mitzvah of reading of the Megillah not that if you couldn't do it on the because you couldn't do it on the 14th so fine we'll allow you to do it on the 11th others or another way of, uh, another expression these are different times they were given other times in other words not the real time but it's other times so it's not to be seen that way but rather these three days are seen like the primary time they're similar to the primary time of course only for those people that must depend on it but for those people they are seen as the primary time Yudalad and Tezvav they, they share that they were put together in Zmanayim so in other words there's a, a vast difference between the three days Yudalaf Yudbeis Yud Gimel these are seen as primary times for reading the Megillah for the people that need to as opposed to the other days of the month which are only Bidiyavid. Alpiza is moving. Based on the Dalit, Alpiza is moving. Based on this, we can understand. Midvos Kriya Samegila, Bidal, if you base it with Gimel, is Andish from them, was Kolochedish Koshal Kriya Samegila. 
from now we can see how the three days, the 11th, 12th, and 13th, are different from the rest of the month, which is also kosher for Megillah, reading the Megillah. Which, um, in, which is also relevant even in our day and age in the case, let's say, when a person is going out on a trip and he can't bring a Megillah, so then he could read it any time uh, of the month. What's the difference? The fact that the rest of the month is also kosher for reading in the Megillah, the Rishalmi derives that from from the Pasuk in the Megillah that says the month which was turned to the, for them from a sad month to, to from a tragic month to a happy month does haste and he calls it the month that was turned into a happy month not just the days like Purim does haste that means that the entire month the person has the ability the possibility Undem chiyuv, which means also the responsibility. So makayim's and the chiyuv was likdafem. As soon as the month of uh, Purim of uh, other comes in, the person now has the opportunity and therefore the responsibility that if he knows he's not going to be able to hear the Megillah later on Purim itself, then he already now has the responsibility to make sure that he hears it earlier in the month, but during that month, because vachaydish, it's it's specific to this month but it is not something related to the days of the month but it's rather related to his responsibility to listening to the Megillah when does he, the person have the responsibility to, to make sure that he's going to hear the Megillah during the period of the days of, of Purim which is the month of other. <clears throat> but one could not say that the entire month of other is the right is the right time to read the Megillah. It's not. It's just that the person now takes on the responsibility to ha- to make sure that he ha- is able to listen to the Megillah. As the Megillah, but we can't say that the whole month, every day of the month of other, is the time for reading the Megillah. It isn't. As we explained earlier, and what could say that there is actually a difference in halacha, whether we look at the days of the month of earlier than the eleventh. Let's say on the fifth of other, when a person is going on a trip and he has to listen to it on the fifth of other, what's the difference if you call it the uh, he has the responsibility, or the day is a day that is the proper time to read the Megillah. What's the difference in Allah, how you look at it? There is a difference. When a person has another mitzvah, he has another obligation that he needs to do on this day, let's say we picked the fifth of other. Besides for reading the Megillah, which now he also has to do, because he's going on a trip, so he has two things that, are, that he has to do on this day read the Megillah and another mitzvah so Mekayim Zayin Nocha mitzvah Vazman is B'yayim Zeh for instance he has to do a mitzvah which is on which occurs on that day I don't know let's pick this a, a bris milah so this is a father that needs to give a bris to a son on the fifth of other Velche Velche from the mitzvah is Dafa Magdim Zayin the question would become 
what should you do earlier and what should you do later? Should you put the bris before the reading of the Megillah? Or should you put the Megillah before the, read, uh, before the bris? If you're talking in the days before the 11th, and the mitzvah he first has to do the mitzvah which is specific to this day like the bris the bris is specific to this day whereas the reading in the Megillah is not specific to that day it's only that I have to dispense with a responsibility for reading the Megillah so then what should come first what is specific to that day that takes precedence but if, the, if let's say the conflict between a bris and the reading of the Megillah comes on the 11th, 12th, or 13th one could say it's possible that the Megillah comes first because that also shares this day as the specific day that he has to read the Megillah and therefore it would become a question in Halacha which should come first, the Megillah or the bris but on a day when the Megillah is secondary, because it's not really the proper time for it, so then the bris, which it is the proper time, of course, should come first. So there is a, a difference in halacha, whether we look at it as it's the day which, ex- which is connected to the reading of Megillah, or it's my responsibility, but not necessarily connected to this day. Hey, does vos bakrias Megillah gefintmen aza inyan? The fact that by the re- in regards to the re- reading of the Megillah we find this idea as When if you look at it, when does the Pasuk say clearly state that you have to read the Megillah? The Pasuk gives two days for when the Megillah should be read. For the uh, walled cities it's the fifteenth. For the non walled cities it's the fourteenth. Those are the two days that the Pasuk says. Nowhere in the Pasuk does it say anything about the 11th, 12th, or 13th. Yet we find that the other days, 11th, 12th, and 13th, although they're not mentioned as the time of the reading of the Megillah, somehow they become also the days in which the Megillah should be read, as we've just finished talking. How is it that this happened? one could say that the reason for this is that something which essentially is not meant to be the time to reading the Megillah took on the day uh, as a character, its own character as days which, in which the Megillah should be read one could say that the reason is the because the very the whole Megillah the very idea the writing of the Megillah by Esther the reading of the Megillah as instituted by Mordechai and Esther is in Aza Oifen, is in such a way, is in the same way. The writing of the Megillah is not, did not happen, it did not come about in the same way as the re- writing of all the other Svarim of Teresh Bixab, of Tanakh. Not, as the, not similar to the other Nevi'im, the prophets and the writings certainly that it's not similar to the five books of the Torah itself how are they different? in the case of the the writing which happened by Moshe Rabbeinu himself is given by the command of Hashem 
based as Ksivas and Megillah is given Duch Bakashas Esther. Where and and the same could also be said uh, in regards to the, all the other prophets that they were written by the instruction of Hashem, not in the same way as the Chumash, but still in that way. Whereas when we talk about the Megillah, it came about because Esther requested that the Megillah should be written. Kisuni Lidoiris, write me into the history. Tell the story. Tell my story. When we ashamed the Gemara, as the Gemara says, is Badib Chachamim, the Anshiknesagdaila, that when it when the question came to the Chachamim, when her request came to the sages to which were the Anshiknesagdaila, given Ashakavatayvadeza, there was a debate about it. Should we allow it? Should we not allow it? Is it appropriate to write a new book into the Tanakh or not? So it wasn't such an obvious thing that it was going to ha- that it should happen. That's in regards to the writing of the Megillah. <coughs> and the tr- same is true also about the very yomtov of Purim and Kriyas of Megillah and the reading of the Megillah. That also came about by the request of Esther. She said, establish me, set me into the, not only Kisvuni, write me into the history, but establish a day of celebration in honor of this story and there was a debate in the, this, uh, about that too by the Anshik Nesagdele so in other words the, how did the Megillah get written how did the Megillah become established that it should be read it was also not a given it was something that wasn't necessarily meant to happen or it wasn't written in stone that this is what should happen but then it did happen but after they wrote the Megillah now it became one of the 20 one of the Svarim of the Tanakh no different than any of the other uh, books of Ksuvim of the third part of Tanakh which is so now it became equal and has equal status to them even more so not only is it equal to the other books of Ksuvim nor mitan it's even on a higher level than the other books of Ksuvim as the Rambam says all the books of the prophets and all the books of the Ksuvim will become not they will no longer be there in the time of Mashiach. Chutz from Megillah Esther, except for the Megillah of Esther, that remains even after Mashiach comes. Barei Kayemes, and that will remain No just like the five books of of, uh, of Chumash, the Megillah too. The other Svarim will no longer be in uh, read, learned, and so on during the time of Mashiach. Other, or there's another version of it, as the Raivet says that what this means is, as Dosavishachus to the Kriya, that this is talking about the reading, the public reading of Nevi Maksubim in the time of Mashiach, we will not do that. That even though the other Svarim, the other books of the Nevi Maksubim will no longer be read from publicly. The Megillah will still be read publicly even after Mashiach comes. So we see that the book of Esther, even though it started with, well, should we put it in or not, there was a debate, 
But once it got in, it's not only equal to the other svarim; it's even it uh, it takes precedence over them in the time of Mashiach. It will still remain. In a similar way, the days in which the Megillah could be read, even though they're not explicitly mentioned in the Megillah, on the Megillah it's only the 14th and the 15th, but they were brought into the days in which the Megillah could be read, similar to the way the whole Megillah came about, the whole Yom Tov Purim came about. This idea also is expressed in the in the way in which the Megillus Esther was written. How was the Megillah written? The Megillah is written in such a way that the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is not mentioned even once in the whole Megillah, as is well known. Andesh von Andres Yifrikadesh, which is very different from all the other holy writings, all the other books of Nevi Maksuvin, where of course Hashem's name does appear. The Pashtas Vaistas, on the surface, it would seem as is, uh, that this indicates a Vadarge von Kedusha von Asefer, was is Nish Kedusha Vishem Avaya, Hot Nish Kedusha Vishem Avaya. It would seem that this book of Esther doesn't rise to the holiness of containing the name of Avaya in it. So it's somewhat less because it doesn't have the ability to contain the name of Avaya in it. Umvi the tam is musber, and in fact that is the explanation that is given on the surface, on the in the pshat, and the simple understanding of it. The reason why Hashem's name was not mentioned is vibald hetika persayim benichtav bedivrei yomim shel malchayim. Since the Persians also wrote the story of Esther, and they put it into their history books, the Haim Hayu and they were idol worshippers; they were pagans. If if the name of Hashem would have been written into the Megillah as a part of the story, when they put it into their books, they would have exchanged Hashem's name for their idol. That's what would have been written in. So now it became an honor to Hashem that his name was not mentioned in the Megillah, so that when it becomes transcribed into the Persian version, there would be no uh, there would be no mention of their idols in the book. So it was in order to preserve the honor of Hashem that his name would not be exchanged for an idol. So that's the reason what's given for why they left the name of Hashem out. But on the other hand, we know that that this I, fact that in the Megillah there isn't the, the holy names of Hashem is as bepnimis in Yonim. If we look at it from the inner dimension of Torah, this alludes to and teaches us as in Yana is that the Megillah is connected to such a level of godliness which can't be captured by a name. The name of Hashem. In in Adar is Shemes that the Megillah is connected to such a level which transcends the holy names of Hashem. The Yisaidim is even more Beloshna Yedua, as is well known. Adar It's connected to a level which cannot be alluded to with in any letter, not even in the in the point of a letter in the top point of a letter which is considered to be higher than the letter itself 
it cannot even be captured by the point of the letter. Anoichi Misha Anoichi is expressed by the words, I am who I am. In other words, Hashem refers to Himself, there is an, an aspect of me which cannot be captured by a name. The names of Hashem capture a certain expression of the way Hashem expresses Himself. Like Kale, <coughs> the name Kale expresses Hashem's capacity for kindness. The name Elakim expresses His capacity for might and power and so on with each name. That's why there are different names to express a different expression of Hashem. Yutke Vavke expresses how Hashem transcends the limited uh, cycle of creation. But even that's a certain limitation because that name of Avaya doesn't, doesn't express itself within creation. So that's a limitation too. Anoichi expresses that which is transcendent of any expression in the world, not it also transcends the inability to express itself in the world. So it's a letter, it's a, um, a reference to Hashem as He transcends everything. And that's what's expressed by the Megillah. That's what the Megillah is connected to, to that level, to the very essence of Hashem. And that's what the Gemara means when it says, where do we know Esther? Where is there an allusion to Esther in the Torah itself? The Pasuk says, And I will conceal myself. The word Esther means conceal. Aster, Esther. So what does it mean? As that Haster, Aster, from the Megillah, that the fact that the Megillah conceals Hashem's presence because it doesn't have His name, the, the way Hashem is concealed in the Megillah is that it expresses Anoichi, Anoichi Haster Aster. The word Anoichi comes before the word Haster Aster. So I am concealed in the name Anoichi, in the Megillah. Which re- refers to the very essence of Hashem. I, meaning without a name, just my essence, was Kenished and Plekt which cannot be revealed. It's such a level that cannot even be captured and therefore limited, contained within the holy names themselves. They are the, this is such a high level that cannot even be captured by the holy names of Hashem. Not even in the transcendent name of Hashem, which is Havaya, even that can't capture the level of Anoichi. Even that cannot capture the aspect of Hashem which is found in the Megillah. Thus haste, in other words, as the Inyan was the Shemus Akdashim Benish the Megillah, that the fact that the names, the holy names of Hashem are not mentioned at all in the Megillah, is Mitzadim Fabundan Kaimit Asmusu Mahusi Yizbarah was his Hechab from the Minyan Hashemus, is not as we thought before, because it was the, the, the Megillah is on a lower level than being able to contain the name of Hashem. To the contrary, it's a higher level which cannot be contained in the name of Hashem and that's why it doesn't have the name of Hashem. Zion. Alpizei Yumtag, this will explain, gives better understanding why the Mishnah begins with the 11th. Because it would seem Hein Emes has the mit lost the Mishnah head and as Eichti Tech Vin Alfi Bezigimus and Raman from Kriyas Megillah, even though it's true what we said before, that the reason it starts with 11 is because that the Mishnah is trying to tell us 
that the days of 11, 12, and 13 are essentially connected to the Megillah and not just that the person is permitted to read the Megillah then even though that's true of a soft sub, but in the end but in the end 11, 12, and 13 are not on the same level as 14 and 15 which are the primary days of reading the Megillah which for most people so then the Mishnah should have started with the most the, the critical time of reading the Megillah which is 14 and 15 for most people and it seems that starting with 11 is uh, you know ne- still needs to be understood more clearly and now the answer is because the reading of the 11th of other Vastos is the kriya from Bnei Kfarim, which is the time when the people of the villages read, is Meramez Pnimis Atechna Kloli from the Megillah, because that brings out what the Megillah really is about. The 11th brings out even more than the 14th and the 15th what the Megillah is truly about. The Bia Vazet explained. The Drei Chalukas by Kriyas and Megillah the three different times in which we read the Megillah, which is Krochim, these uh, city, walled cities, Ayaraz Gedolus and Kfarim, the big cities in which the 14th, and then the villages which read during the 11th, 12th, or 13th. What is in Yonam Beruchnitz of Avedis Hashem? What's the difference between a large uh, walled city, an, an open city, a large city, and a village? What is the difference in how they express the Avedas Hashem, the service of Hashem. At least, in briefly to explain the difference, a city that is surrounded by a city, that means a city in which the person's serving of Hashem is protected, it's surrounded, it's not exposed, it's not in danger. It doesn't allow enemies to attack it. It doesn't allow any foreign influence into a person's avodah. What is the meaning of a city, but not a walled city? A city which is inhabited, a city which is um, civilization lives there, and so on. That kind of avodah means it means a place where a person is building a place, a city, a place where Hashem can be. By being a person of the city, he is a person that is, lives in a city, he doesn't live on a farm. He lives in a city, there's no need to, uh, to plow the field and so on. You can build, you can build. A person that kind of avoid in a farm, you have to uh, you have to plow the field and then you have to plant, then you have to wait for the for the crop to come up. In a city, you can get ahead with building immediately. All you have to do is there are things the city has already buildings and things, there are things there already, all you have to do the person that does his Aveda in what's called the city it means a spiritual city all you have to do is use the materials which are available and turn them into a holy place to Hashem's city from an ordinary city, transform them to Hashem's city Kfar, what is a village? 
first you have to plow break up the hard earth which is uh, and break it in break it up so that it's uh, able to accept something that is planted from the hell and from welt so in other words in in Ruchnius it means you have to break apart the world is there the concealment of the world is very powerful you need to break down the concealment of the world first that's like plowing as all Kenan so that you it can even accept any kind of planting of holiness into it in a city that is not necessary you can get ahead with your work immediately in a in a walled city the whole thing is protected you're working within Kedusha in other words so that's the difference between the three different places or times in which the Megillah is read Ches in what does this mean in worlds and how this till now we said how this translates to our world how does this translate to the uh, evolution of worlds, to Atzilus, Bria, and so on, the way Elokus comes down into the world? Krach is Meramaz Bria. The walled city is an allusion to the world of Bria. Vazdot is the Avaida from Srafim. That's where the Malachim, the angels which are called Srafim, that's where they find themselves. Ir Gedoyla, the big city, is called Yitzira. That relates to the world of Yitzira, the Avaida from the Chayas HaKadosh. Where the angels called Chayas Akedish, the holy Chayas, uh, do their Aveda. Unkfar, the village, is Olam Asiya, means the world of our world, the world of Asiya, the Aveda from Efanim, which is the place where those angels, which are called Efanim, that's where they reside. The Chiluk Tzvishin, the Dreyma Dregis, in Kaychus, Vavedus Adam is. What's the difference between these three levels in the way the person, the human, the Jew, Operates and functions. The avoda from a ben krach kumt from meichin. The avoda of a person in a walled city. That's the avoda which is in intellectual avoda. His boininus and asagas alakos, meditating and and uh, comprehending godliness. When the fad is da atainug in their avoda, and because a person understands and relates, can understand godliness. Therefore, there is a certain enjoyment in the Avaida because you understand why it's necessary you understand who you're serving you have a good, un- a, a good understanding grasp of what you're accomplishing then you can enjoy it it comes from being able to comprehend godliness which is similar to the Avaida of the Malachim called Srafim in it's through their comprehension of godliness that they stand they stand on a very much higher level above they stand above everything because they have such great comprehension and they have such they relate to godliness in such an intense way so they become incinerated from their comprehension that's what Srafa means. They get burnt up, incinerated. They become completely incinerated because they are so completely subservient to godliness. They want to become one with Him. They want to be, be included into His presence rather than being seen as an independent presence. That's why they lose their entire Metzius. They become incinerated. They are no longer seen as independent. They became part of Hashem. 
because they have a great understanding and appreciation for godliness. The Avodah of Nayaras Gedolus, the Avodah of the big cities, where we read on the 14th, Kumt Mitzada Midis, that comes from an emotional attachment to Hashem. Avas Hashem, and Yiras Hashem, the love of Hashem, the reverence of Hashem. Vazdas is Fabunum Mit Oilma Yitzira, that's connected to the world of Yitzira. Vuzainen Meir Midaisa Shal Gajvaruchu, where the world of Yitzira is known, that that's where, when Hashem descends into the world, so to speak, when He allows his earth to descend into the world Midas um, Bria is where there is uh, Seichel in Yitzira is an expression of the emotional attributes of Hashem and that's how they serve Hashem with their emotions and the Far is the Avedif and Chayis HaKadosh and that's why the Chayis we said before that the uh, angels call Chayis HaKadosh Operate. That's where they reside in the world of Yitzira, because they are primarily emotional uh, beings. That's why their avodah is done with great uh, rash, with great tumult. That's emotion. Emotion is expressed in, the, in that way. Mitzadim Tegavah is because as emotional beings, they have great hispilus, they become passionately involved. And that's why it's expressed Baraj Godel. As we say in Sukkot Zimra, that the Chayas Agaydah is Baraj Godel. The Avaydah from Bnei Akfarim, the uh, Avaydah of the villagers, Aifanim, which is connected to the world of, of the angels called Aifanim, in in the world of Asiyah, is the beginning from Haidah. That is a place where it's not an emotional expression, it's not an intellectual expression, it's simple submission. Submission, that's what it is. On the Asagav is Benus from Seichel, on the Asagav from Midrash Balev is a Fazai fill as does bring Biz Machriach as a Muzain Haida. The bit of intellect that they are able to manage, or the bit of emotional connection that they are able to bring out, is enough to compel them to be, to submit to Hashem. That's what its result is. Understanding on that level, passion on that level, brings you to submission. When they, when we talk about passion for the Efanim, it's not the kind of passion that comes from true emotional connection. But it's rather the kind of awe that is experienced by a villager that would walk into the palace of the king he would be overwhelmed by what's going on around him, not by truly appreciating what's happening around him, but being overwhelmed by what's going on and therefore that's the kind of passion that is brought out on that level where submission is the way and although it's true that in the Aveda of a villager in the world of Asiya you don't sense godliness at least not in a manifest way it's not that he comprehends godliness because he doesn't it's not that there is a flaming a burning passion to Hashem because there isn't and therefore the godliness is more or less concealed and the is an Avedah and Koch, not an Avedah from Neidah. 
I see, and therefore, what's the how is the Aveda expressed by submission, commitment to to do what's right, and so on? That's the that's how a, a villager or a yid that operates on the uh, functions in the way of a villager is submitted, submits himself to Hashem. Alpha became his but still there is complete bittel meaning that you can lose your own you can lose your own metzias, your own ego and your own importance in favor of the importance of Hashem that could be reached usually that would be as a result of recognizing the greatness of Hashem when a person intellectually appreciates the greatness of Hashem he loses, you lose your own ego if you're passionately connected to Hashem you lose your own ego but if you're just simply submitting perhaps you would think that there wouldn't be a loss of your own ego that you wouldn't reach Bittl so he says no, you can still reach Bittl in fact, to the contrary the bittel mitzad bechinas haydo bilvad, the bittel that comes from submission vidosiz by efanim that the way it is by the lowest level of the angels is in a prat noch tifer with the bittel navayda from the srofim is in a certain sense even deeper and greater than the avayda of the srofim vasnemsich from mitzad avonav asagan alukos which comes from their appreciation of godliness on the riba vered toch the efanim gizot and therefore it's the efanim that are that say which means when you say that the angels say something it means that they are bringing about a certain accomplishment so they accomplish Baruch Hashem Hashem it's the Fanim that say blessed is Hashem from his place even more than that which is accomplished through the Srafim Meaning to say that the Eifanim have an even greater mimkaymai, that they are part of Hashem's place Himself. In other words, they're connected to the Kisei covered to the throne of glory. And that's why the Gemara says uh, that, um, that they can mention Hashem's name only after two, days, uh, two names, two words. All the other angels, they have to say Kaddish, 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 and then they could say Hashem. The Eifanim, they could say it even after two words because in other words that this indicates that the Ifanim, even though they perhaps are on a lower level there is not as much revelation of godliness they're not serving Hashem with their minds and with their passion they, they serve Hashem with submission but they are cl- more closely connected to Hashem as a result of it and that's why the Mishnah begins with the reading that is done on the on the 11th day of the decree from the Bnei Akfarim, which is the reading that is done by the villagers. While in the Kriya is Marumas close in because in that kind of reading that as experienced by the villagers, it brings out even more of what the Megillah is about. That although on the surface it might seem that the Megillah expresses the concealment of Hashem it doesn't have Hashem's name Helen a place of concealment without any revelation as we know from the world of Asiya our world is in them but on the other hand this contains the essence of Hashem beyond that which is able to be revealed which is brought out 
through complete submission as the Aifanim experience it and that's what the Kfarim they, their Aveda represents that kind of Aveda so in essence the true meaning of the Megillah is bringing out the, the revelation which, of Hashem which comes through concealment and that's the deepest kind of revelation and that's why the Mishnah begins with that kind of uh, that reading of the Megillah as experienced by the villagers based on this we can also understand the Shaykhs from Shabbos the connection between this Shabbos in its connection between the, uh, between the Shabbos and Purim and the Megillah so the Sedra how this Shabbos connected to Purim also through the Sedra what is read on this Shabbos what do we read on this Shabbos which is the Shabbos before Purim which is connected to Purim we read Pasha Tetzave what's the connection between Tetzave and this whole idea of Purim Pasha Tetzave is the ancient Sedra Pasha Tetzave happens to be the only Sedra since the time since when the Torah records Moshe's birth in Shmois in Velcha is Vert Nishdaman, the Nama from Moshe Rabbeinu. It's the only Seder that doesn't have the name of Moshe Rabbeinu, Ad Mishnah Torah, until it comes to uh, Dvarim, where Moshe is speaking in Dvarim. So he doesn't mention his name, but until then, he, his name is mentioned in every Seder. The Chazal Zogn, as our sages tell us, Adas is to leave that the reason why Moshe's name is not mentioned in this Seder is because. Since he, he threatened Hashem, if you don't forgive the Yidden for the Egel, then erase me from your whole Sefer, from the Torah. in the Seder, so the Tzaddik says something, so it actually happened at least in one Seder, and that's Parsha Tzaddik. If you look at it on the surface, it would seem. That the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned is not a positive thing. Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned, and it's because he said, Erase me, and that's why it's not there. This in the Since we know that even in the Torah doesn't even speak negatively about an animal, to shame an animal. How much more so lahavdil when we talk about Moshe Rabbeinu is moving as oich does was Moshe's nom evetnish demon. So it's obvious that the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned is for bunimetamayla v'shleimus. The Torah wouldn't be uh, relating something negative about Moshe. Therefore, there must be something a uh, great quality in the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned. And as we could learn. We could see this in the parsha itself, which is where do we see it? Even though Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not spelled out, the entire seder is called by the name Tetzave, or the Vaata Tetzave, or as some refer to it as Vaata Tetzave, which already contains Vaata. The whole Tetzave, and certainly Va'ata Tetzave, is talking about Moshe. It encapsulates a word, or two words, which are completely related to Moshe. You should command the Yidden. Who? Moshe. So even though the name Moshe doesn't appear, but the name of the Sedra is a reference to Moshe.
that's bothering them to explain. Sizdoch Tzadikim Doim Lebayim. We know that Tzadikim are similar to the Creator Himself. Is Kishem Bidosiz Lamaylo, just like it is in the heavens above. As the Shemis Hakdoshim Zayne Fabunim Ita Oros Vigiluim. That names of Hashem are connected to a way in which He expresses Himself, a way in which He re- reveals Himself. But his very essence, his core essence transcends names, cannot be captured by a name. Aldero says, by tzaddikim, the same is true also for tzaddikim, Moshe Rabbeinu Vachulu, Moshe Rabbeinu, as well as others. But now we're talking about Moshe Rabbeinu. Umizeh, and therefore, what is the result of this uh, comparison of Moshe Rabbeinu to Hashem in this matter? As those of us in Pasha, the Tzabavetch, Moshe Nishdomon Befeirish, that the reason, the fact that Moshe Rabbeinu is not mentioned explicitly in Pasha Tzabe is vile, that in from Pasha Tzabe is forbidden midam atzmius for Moshe, is because the Pasha Tzabe is not connected to some expression of Moshe, but rather to the essence of Moshe. Which transcends the name of Moshe. It talks about his core essence, which is not unable to be contained by his name. Even higher than all the other names by which the Neshama is known, as we know that the Neshama is Shemis Nikrula, we know that there are five names to the Neshama, Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, Chai, Yechida. So, this, the Parsha Tetzabah, addresses a part of Moshe Rabbeinu which transcends even all those five names, it transcends even Yechida. And and it's specifically because of this core essence of Moshe, which, re- which is referred to by Va'ata, and you, not giving his name, but you, which points to a part of him which is transcendent of any name. And it's because of this core essence of Moshe, that's why he's able to connect the Yidin. The word Tetzava also means connect. He's able to bring together all the Yidin, even those who committed the sin of worshiping the eagle. It's for those people that he was defending, and that's why he said, If you don't forgive them, erase me in Parsha Tetzava Canal, and that's where it actually happened in Parsha Tetzava. So he was able, because of he is so deeply connected, because of his core essence, he was able to bring together all of these yidin, even the ones that actually made the eagle. About them, he said, if you don't forgive them, take me out of the Sefer. And he connected them to what? Safsimit connected them to the essence of Hashem. As explained elsewhere at length. And that's what Parsha Tetzava is all about. Yud, al pikol anal, so based on all this, is Eich Muvan, we can also understand the Kishutz Vishim Megillah Nekras Vyadalev, the connection between Megillah is read on the 11th, under Inyam from Parsha Zacher, Zechiris Maisa Amalek. Before we get to Yud, so that's the connection between Va'ata Tetzava and what the Megillah is about, that it, it talks about concealment in a way that it addresses the core essence and so on. Mer, it it uh, dovetails beautifully with the concept of Atatatzava as well. Yud. Al Pikol and Al based on all this, is Eich Muvan, the Kishut Tzvisha Megillah, the Kras, the connection between 
the Mishnah that says that the Megillah should be read on the, from the 11th, the Inyah from Parsha Zohar, and what is read also on this parash, uh, in this Shabbos, which is Parsha Zohar, Shchiris Ma'is Amalek, remembering the events of Amalek. A state in Shalah, it's written in Shalah, as Yud Aleph, Kaminyan Oisius Vav K, Ma'ashem Avaya, that the 11 is the numerical value of the two second, uh, final letters of the name Havaya, which is Vav K. Vav is 6 and He is 11, which is uh, He is 5, which is 11. Vaminya Meruba Tezvav Kaminyan Yud K. And the greater number, Tezvav, in other words, Yud Aleph, the first day, the earliest day that you can read the Megillah, is like Vav K of the Nshem Havaya. And the latest date, which is the 15th of the month, is the numerical value of Yudke, the first two letters of Shemavaya. And the Rebbe hyped on the Mishnah mit Megillah Nekaz Aleph, and that's why the Megillah begins with, the Megillah can be read on the 11th, in other words, the 11th refers to the two last letters of the Shemavaya, whereas the 15th refers to the first two letters of Shemavaya. That's why he begins with Yud Aleph, which is the first, the second letters, the last letters of the Shem Havayah. Because the wiping out of Amalek was Haman Agogi's Mizare, that Haman was from his descendants, is That's more connected to Vavke than it is, which means 11, Vavke, than it is to Yudke. As our sages tell us in regards to the Pasuk at, uh, at the end of Parsha B'Shalach, where it talks about what Hashem took an oath, that Hashem took an oath, He raised His hand in oath, that there is a, an eternal war of Hashem against Amalek, and He uses the name Yudke rather than normally would be used Yudke Vavke. Why does he use the, le- the name Yudke? As in Shem, Ein Hashem Sholem, this means to teach us that the name of Hashem cannot be complete. It's not Yudke Vavke, it's only Yudke. Until the name of a Molek will be erased. That, what does this mean? Calls when a Molek is Kayam, as long as a Molek is still around. The name of Hashem Kaviyachal Nishbish Lemus. So to speak, the name of Hashem cannot be complete. And only is only made up of the word Yutke. Thus made, which means as a is of the that Amolek is trying to compromise the second two letters, the last letters, Vavke of Shemavaya. That's why Yutke remains. Vavke is lost. As long as Amolek is around, Vavke cannot appear in the name of Avaya, which means Amolek is fighting against Vavke. And we know that what is Amalek about? Amalek is, he knows, he understands the, import, the greatness of Hashem, but yet rebels, still rebels, even though he knows. As the Yediyah B'Seichel and Hergish Balev, what it means is that he knows in his mind, he understands the greatness of Hashem, he has, even feels the passion, it even excites him, which is Bechinas Yudke, Yudke, the Yud represents Seichel, and the He represents, or Chachma Bino, or Seichel Amidus, Zol Nishpeilun of the Machshavat Dibur Umaisa. What he's trying to do is disconnect the Yudke. You can have understanding of Hashem, you can have passion to Hashem, 
but don't connect it to Vavke. Vavke is the way a person acts. What do you think? What do you say? What do you do? It shouldn't be informed, it shouldn't be influenced by what you understand and what you feel. That's what Amalek is trying to do. Which means he's trying to undermine the which is Vavke, that's the name Vavke, the letters Vavke. On the Faran, therefore, in order that our uh, dealing with Amalek should be proper, in the, uh, done properly, which is what will bring us to be able to wipe out Amalek. In order to accomplish that, you have to do the Avaida of Vavke, which means to do the Torah Mitzvahs, to speak words of Torah, to do Maisa Mitzvahs. That's what Amalek is trying to undermine. That's what we need to do in order to counter Amalek. That is expressed by Diyud Aleph, as the Shalom says, that the number 11 represents the Vavke. What we're trying to do is true, real Avaida by doing Torah Mitzvahs, speaking loudly and uh, and uh, doing the mitzvahs and so on as the Alter Rebbe says in Yezachula when the Avedah mitzvahs is dafke when Z is Bekabolos oil and when can you have true and proper Avedah that's only when it is with submission Aydah Bittl Bedugmas Avedah from the Bnei Kfarim similar to what we said the villagers exp- express was dafke Aydezeh Hatman Dem Kayach Tzaman Atzeel Zayin and only through this are we able to over defeat and therefore wipe out Amalek if we focus on the Vavke that's the way to deal with Amalek and that's why the Mishnah begins with Yud Aleph which is the numerical value of Vavke and uh, and when we do that and when we accomplish that then we get to the Upper level, the yutke of the name Shem Avaya, the Avaida from Meichin, the Avaida that we, with our intellect from Bnei Akrochim, the people of the of the walled cities, undemol vert Hashem Sholem, or and that's when the name is complete and it's in the proper order, yutke and then vavke. The in Hemshach Hamishnah, as the as the Mishnah continues, Krochim Kairim but has vav yutke. That's why the Mishnah then goes back to the other order, as we said all the way in the beginning. It starts with Yud Aleph going da- up to Tezvav. Then it goes backwards from Tezvav working its way back. Because when you finish with your Aveda of Vavke, then the name of Hashem goes into its proper order. It starts with Yud K, which is expressed by the Tezvav. And the Mishnah begins to list. First, we, the, the people of the walled cities go, uh, read the Megillah on the 15th then back to the 14th, and so on, works its way through Shemavaya in the right order, Yudke and then Vavke. This to the Let's Tekviyaz B'Mishnah, until it gets to the last possible reading from Chaliyaz Achara Shabbos, that it comes out after Shabbos, that if, um, if Purim comes out on Sunday, so then you have to go back to Thursday, and that's how you have the 11th, that's when you read it on the 11th. Starts with Tezvav and then it works its way back all the way to Vavke to Yudalev. And then the mastery of Hashem is complete in the world, in Velt. Yudalev, Tezvav is Adnai. The word Adnai, Adnus, the mastery of Hashem, the uh, 
is exp- the, the numbers 11, 12, 13, 14 and 15 equal the numerical uh, the numerical value of all those is the name Adnai so when we have it when we accomplish by wiping out Amalek and then we have the name of Hashem Yudke Vavke and then we take into account the, uh, the five days 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 which, numer- uh, which is the numerical value of Adnai Hashem's mastery of the world that makes him the master of the world when will Hashem's mastery be fully recognized and totally uh, true and totally uh, obvious and manifest that'll be when Mashiach comes that will be the conclusion of the war of Hashem against Amalek in which he will finally be completely wiped out and that'll be the generation of the Melech Mashiach because it's during in the reign of Mashiach that we will he will fight the wars of Hashem to, and be successful meaning also including wiping out the Amalek and this will be speedily in our days